Welcome to The Art of Charm, I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best coaches in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. Now, this show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some free eBooks and drills and exercises that'll help you become more charismatic and confident by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you wanna know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, listen to The Art of Charm Toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of dating and attraction such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, including some episodes on breakups and relationship management. That's where all the basics are, so get a handle on that first. We've got boot camps running every single month here in Hollywood, California. Details on those at theartofcharm.com. Looking forward to meeting all you guys here at AOC. All right, today a new toolbox with Justin Jensen from The Art of Charm. We're gonna talk about how to keep things fresh in a relationship, bringing banter, fun, and vulnerability back to your relationship, and how to break those routines that kill relationships, the standard grind, if you will, and creating strong rapport and connection with your partner, important as ever, and here's how we're gonna do it step by step, as well as bringing touch and physical intimacy back into your relationship. A lot of these things flee over a longer period of time, and we're gonna get back to basics on how to rebuild them and point to some other resources that are gonna help you guys do this. So if you find yourself stagnating, or if you think maybe you've got it all down because you got the girl now, maybe you need to think again and maybe not, but either way, AOC is here to help you. So enjoy this toolbox with Justin from The Art of Charm. Today we've got an interesting one because, of course, we talk a lot about getting the girl and managing business stuff and having entrepreneurial ventures and how to network, all that stuff, but we don't really talk all of the time anyway about how to manage relationships. I got an email from a guy that was just absolutely insane. As my guest today, Justin, the head instructor at The Art of Charm. Justin, you saw this email, I think, because I forwarded it to you because it was so ridiculous. This guy's name is Joel. He sent me an email where he was like, oh, I really need this, how much is boot camp? I wanna come in, how quickly can I get in there? And I was like, whoa, slow your roll. Let's talk a little bit first, make sure it's a good fit. And then I gave him the info and he was excited. And then like literally two weeks later, he writes me back and he's like, well, I live in San Francisco and there's no good girls up here, so it's not gonna work. Just like a standard excuse about how this stuff wouldn't work in my area. And then he wrote in and goes, well, you know, I met up with this girl that I know um, the other day, and I've liked her for a long time, and, you know, she gave me a hug and was like, we should hang out more. So I, I don't think I need your boot camp. And I was like, where is my gun? You know, because <laughs> cause I'm thinking, you got a hug from a girl that you've had a crush on for a long time, and now you don't need any boot camp, any training, nothing will help you because you got a hug. And he, he literally replied and was like, yeah, yeah, I just totally don't need this. I'm good now. I was going to say, that reminds me a lot like me. I, I remember calling you. Oh, yeah. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but no, it was just funny because it's like I did the same thing. I was like, I called you up because I got a girlfriend. I was I was already signed up. I already put a deposit in. I, I get a girlfriend. And then 
very similar to him in the sense of like, oh, well, this was the answer I was looking for. So I guess I don't need this. And uh, and I called you up and you're like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I'll talk to you later. And then, of course, three months, I think it was, or four months later, I yeah. call you back desperate to come <laughs> take a program. <laughs> right. Because it didn't work out, right? <laughs> it's so brutal just because I totally get that our life, and I mean ours is in like my entire life as well, is just one big process of rationalization and us fighting against it. So you don't want to come to L.A. because it's a pain in the butt. It's expensive to come out here. It's an investment. It takes up time. You've got to book it. And then you've got like the whole host of ego issues. Getting up in the morning is the most classic example, right? Like, oh, it's so early. I don't want to get up. Oh, I can totally sleep for five more minutes. I'm just going to have to take a quicker shower. I don't really need to shave today. I shaved yesterday and, you know, the stubble looks good. And then you kind of roll over and then you get up and then you're like, you know, I can probably roll over again if I just don't eat breakfast. And, you you know, you do that until it's the last minute. And yeah. then you're like, son of a bitch. I don't have time for breakfast. I don't have time for a shower at all. I look like crap. I feel disgusting. You go to work and it was like 15 minutes of extra sleep. It was not worth it or a half hour of extra sleep. It wasn't worth it. And we do that all the time in our lives, right? Like mm-hmm. you did that like, oh, I have a girlfriend now. I don't need this. Not just because of the ego issues. You're not an egotistical guy. Like, now that I know you, it wasn't just the ego issues. It was a lot of, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, I have to plan this. Oh, it's an investment. Oh, I got to take the time to do it. And it's going to be awkward sometimes because they're going to push me outside my comfort zone. It was probably a combination of those things and not just the ego because you're not, like, a super proud guy. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm fairly modest. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's modesty. Come modesty. on. I mean, come on. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a combination of those things. You know, for me, it was uncertainty. Taking a personal development program, whether you do it through the Arch Arm or wherever, it's not tangible. You can't feel the results until you actually do it. And that was a big part of mine. And and you're right, you know, it was like, oh, I had to plan it. I had to book flights and things like that. And, you know, unfortunately, I had to do it from a place where it was more out of, I need this because I've been dragging so long. And I just talked to a guy yesterday who just signed up for a program. He listened to the podcast for two months and then he already signed up. And that's where I wish I was at because I didn't have to go through like two years of my own bullshit to realize that it was bullshit. Talk about a big waste of time, right? Right. No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. A huge waste of time. And so one of the common fallacies just to come full circle here is that once you get the girl, it's game over. You leaned on that rationalization. This other guy, he reached for it. He just got a hug and he thought, I'm good. I mean, that was mostly, I think, ego because he lived in in California and like his logistical hurdles weren't that great. I think he just really didn't want to admit his own situation. But it's really a common fallacy. And you see this guys come into boot camps with this all the time. I thought I had this handled and then dot, 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 everything melted down, right? Yeah, everything melted down. They're kind of like, when everything's all said and done, they can kind of piece it together. And I think uh, the most common thing that guys find out is that they just got comfortable. And when they got the girl, it wasn't like right after they got the girl, it's like, oh, I don't have to try anymore. Usually there's a period of like, you know, the honeymoon phase where uh, everything's great, everything's going good, it's a new adventure. And then at some point, and there's no definitive time on it, it could be weeks, could be, you know, a few months, could be a year, whenever that honeymoon period ends, things like relationships will go into this sort of plateau if you don't keep things new and fresh. So they kind of get into like what I would call like a relationship rut, uh, where everything's routine. You know, you guys like go to dinner at the same places all the time. You'll go to like the same events all the time. And, And over time, this just becomes kind of stagnant. And that's when most guys stop trying. And what ends up happening is 
they stopped doing everything that they did to get the girl in the first place. And that's a big problem because she's attracted to who you were then. And a lot of times, and I know I'm guilty of this, where I got the girl in like a few weeks or a couple months later, it's just like, oh, yeah, I got this. I don't really have to try anymore. And that's when problems start happening in the relationship. Yeah, of course. You start to become complacent and go, oh, well, yeah, I'm good. You know, she's never going to go anywhere. And honestly, it's not just that. It's also, ah, well, you know, we're comfortable. And like you said, you start to rationalize it, too. Yeah, it's a constant thing, rationalization. It's like I have the girl. She's not going to go anywhere. It's almost like a... <laughs> I don't know if a lot of guys felt this way. I, I know I did at some point where it's just kind of a sigh of relief. Like, oh, I don't have to try anymore. This is great. Except, you know, she kind of feels that you're just stop trying. You stop caring, right? A lot of guys will hear that. You don't care about me anymore from her. And that's the result of that, which is just like, oh, I don't really have to try anymore. You know, you stop doing special things for her. And, and therefore, you know, the relationship just sort of doesn't feel as special and unique as it used to be. Yeah, 100%. And I think that for this, that's especially dangerous because you've got that combined with some of these other things that cause not just complacency, but also stagnant are actually actively unattractive, like being too easy to please, being too possessive. You want to talk about that a little bit? Because those are some huge ones that I think we see a lot. Yeah, being too easy to please is a common one that happens, particularly in the beginning of the relationship. And this is something that you know, quote unquote, nice guys tend to do. What this is or what an example of this would be is it's the classic argument of like, where do you want to go for dinner, right? So oftentimes guys in trying to please their girlfriend, which is a great thing, they'll often do something like, uh, hey, where do you want to go to eat? And then of course, she's just like, well, I don't know, where do you want to go? And then you go in this like circular battle, because then the guy's like, well, I don't know, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, I don't really care. What do you want to do? And it comes into this thing. And sometimes it actually starts a fight. And it's a strong example of being too easy to please where a better thing that guys could do would be to suggest a couple of things, you know, a couple of things that you know that she would like to do. Because at the end of the day, it's a lot of pressure to ask her what you want to do because she's going to do the same thing. She wants to please you. So she's going to be like, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? And that's a common example of being too easy to please or other examples too, which we'll kind of like dive into is let's say you both like working out. And she likes rollerblading, but you hate rollerblading. But in order to like please her or think that you're going to please her, then you just take up rollerblading, even though you hate doing it. And then therefore, over time, it creates resentment. You're not like, ah, shit, it's time to rollerblade again. And then like some guys are passive aggressive about it, too. You know, so there's like she's like, hey, do you want to go rollerblading? He's like, yeah, sure. You know, it just sounds like defeated. And she kind of picks up on that, too. So being too easy to please is an issue because it's not about trying to please her. It's about doing things together. That's kind of like the foundation of a relationship. It's two people that are hundred percent coming together. It's not 50, 50, right? So it's two independent people coming together to build this great relationship. And if you're always trying to please the other person, then you know, you're really kind of doing your, both you guys a disservice, but you guys should be doing things that are fun together. And as a man, it's important to lead that, to come up with those suggestions. Does it really come down to like me choosing where to go for dinner? I mean, what else? That seems weird, you know? Well, it's a matter of just coming up with suggestions. So if we're going to use the dinner example, one would be like, you know her well enough to know what some of the options that she'd like. You can simply just come up with a couple of options saying, hey, you know, I'd love to do a date night with you. How do you feel about sushi or Indian food? You know, it's something like that. That way she can feel like she's a part of it, too. It's about working out together. You know, it's about doing things that you both like doing. So maybe you both like hiking, you know, or going to the gym together. 
then you just suggest a day like, hey, you know, it'd be awesome to go hiking with you. I was thinking Saturday, what's in your schedule? Or, hey, I'd love to go hit the gym and, you know, you can do like yoga at our gym or something. You know, what day works for you? What it's about is suggesting things that you guys can do together, which comes from a, a place that is like non-neediness. See, neediness is being too easy to please. You want to um, basically do whatever she wants to do and things like that. And what ends up happening is you don't really have much of a say in the relationship and then you just start building resentment because of it. This is a very common thing that a lot of like nice guys will do. Okay, interesting. It's just basically putting in at least some effort. And a lot of guys think that they're doing this, but if you think about the last time you actively made a suggestion, not just the last time you paid for dinner, but last time you planned an activity, instead of just sort of being along for the ride on the relationship, it has been a while. Even for guys that think about this stuff, it's probably been a while. And a lot of guys go, oh, I got this covered. We go out to dinner every week. And it's like, no, not the same thing. Yeah, it's not the same thing in the sense of like, you know, unless you're like actively like making it a new adventure, like trying out new restaurants, you know, like I like to do that. Uh, I like to go on Thrillist and stuff like that and pick out new restaurants to try out. So unless you're doing that, it's just a regular thing. There's nothing really special about it because it's just something you do all the time. And then one other thing I'll note is that even before you jump into a relationship, you know, being too easy to please is a problem too. Oftentimes when guys set up a date, they're like, uh, hey, uh, so what day works for you? And that puts a lot of pressure on her. And as a guy, you're supposed to be leading that. So it's actually better uh, if you're going to set up a date to, I always like to think of it as kind of like appointment setting with sales is you pick the time and the date that you can do and see if that works for her. That way she can be like, yeah, actually that works great. Or no, I can't do that, but here's a day I can do. At least you're taking the initiative and not putting so much pressure on her to build the plans. Because in the reality, she doesn't want to be the one that's always responsible for making plans. Right. That makes a lot of sense, of course, because that's the point, right? She's putting in the effort and you're not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's an imbalance. What's one of the other big ones that guys do to sort of blow it when they're in a relationship? Uh, being too possessive. One common thing that happens is, uh, you know how that saying goes, right? Oh, I got lucky. Uh, getting lucky. You know, it's like when guys like finally get laid or whatever, they're like, oh, I got lucky. Right. But that's where it comes from, because it comes from a place where you actually feel like you get lucky. Similarly, uh, with being too possessive, once you land the girl, you feel like, you know, let's say you haven't been in a relationship for a while. Or maybe let's say your dating game doesn't work. When you land a girlfriend, it's like, oh, my God, finally. And it kind of comes from a scarcity mentality. So you're like, OK, great. I got this great girlfriend. I can't let her go because who knows how long it'll be till I find another girl. Right. And that's kind of the mindset that's going on. So what often happens from that mindset is we become a little possessive. Right. And some characteristics of being possessive is. You know, you might feel some anxiety when you two are doing things that are separate from the group. So let's say you hung out for like a while. Let's let's say, you, you know, new relationship. You've been hanging out for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden uh, she wants to have a girl's night out. Right. And you're like, OK, well, I'm going to have a guy's night out. And for guys that don't have like an abundance mentality or coming from a place of scarcity, uh, this will cause some anxiety. You know, what is she going to be doing on her girl's night out or you know, maybe she's out and she's not answering your text, you know, because it's in her purse. She's in a loud club and things are busy. Right. So you start getting some anxiety because of that. You're like, well, she's not answering my text. What could be going on? And you come up with all these kind of scenarios in your head. Maybe she's dancing with other guys. Maybe she's making out with other guys. <laughs> right. All this horrible, just negative narratives that go on in your mind. And that's a form of being too possessive. In other words, meaning that it's hard for you to handle her being a little independent. I think that's the most common one is when she wants to do something on her own and you feel a little anxiety or worst case scenarios, which happens all the time. When she does go out on her own, guys are blowing up her phone. 
Hey, when are you going to be home? Maybe because they didn't ah, make their yeah. own plans. You know, when are you going to be home? Uh, how come you're not answering my texts? Uh, what are you doing? They're constantly checking in. And again, it kind of comes from a, a, the frame of being needy, you know, being supplicative and things like that. Because yeah, absolutely. you don't feel confident that you actually have her. And a lot of guys do this in subconscious ways, too, by sort of maybe they don't say all that stuff, but then she gets home and they're kind of passive aggressive about her going out and doing stuff with her friends. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, he doesn't want me to do that. And that's either controlling or possessive, but then she might not do it again, but then she resents you for that, even if it's quote-unquote her choice. Yeah, and resentment, if it doesn't get addressed or if it doesn't handle, then it will form into like other things. So like she might be mad about that and then some time goes on and resentment builds and she starts thinking about other things like maybe you don't actually pick up after yourself or take the trash out and then you have an argument about you know the trash when it has nothing to do with that. It was the fact that something wasn't communicated early on or handled. It was just brushed on the rug until this rug becomes this big giant elephant in the room uh, that nobody's talking about. Right. That's when somebody gets stabbed because they left like the cap off the toothpaste or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's an unfortunate yeah. uh, incident. <laughs> so, yeah. So the common things that happen with guys um, and it's important to highlight this. So at least you're aware of this. But common thing that happens is once the girl's secured, it's kind of like, oh, game over. I don't really have to try again which isn't true, which will give you some examples and some in-depth advice on how you can keep that relationship fresh. Uh, one is just being too easy to please. You know, you have this girlfriend, uh, you might put her on a pedestal or whatever because you don't feel like you can get uh, girlfriends that easily. So you try and overdo it and overcompensate by being too easy to please, which puts you in a needy frame. And she wants a man. She wants a guy that can make decisions, that has a backbone and doesn't mind leading. She wants to be led. And then the last one is just being too possessive not feeling secure enough in the relationship to allow her to do things that are outside of the relationship. Maybe she's, she's got a job where she travels a lot, right? She's gone for, you know, weekends or maybe even a week or so. And if you don't feel comfortable securing a relationship, uh, what ends up happening is you have all these negative narratives that go on in your mind, which is like, you just come up with these outlandish stories in your head. Oh, she's probably cheating on me. Oh, maybe she met some other guy, you know, just these horrible examples. And I'm speaking from experience, you know, so when they get a girlfriend, it's like, oh, I got lucky. Whenever I got a girlfriend, I'll be like, oh, man, this is awesome. I, I got lucky. Like, this is great. And then kind of circling back to rationalization, we rationalize our way into the relationship when maybe she's not even a good fit for us. So we could do that for years. I did that for years. You know, just because you land a girl doesn't mean that she's actually the right fit for you. And usually we're too eager to jump into a relationship because we just feel like we just got lucky. Like for me, I was 23 and I dated this girl who was a single mom who was a little bit older than me. And I did a stellar job of rationalizing my way into that relationship for four years. So Yeah, I don't, I don't even have to use up any of my own sperm because she's already got a kid. Yeah, it's, you know, kind of like instant family, I guess. Uh, so I don't have to deal with that whole pregnancy part. It's already <laughs> been handled. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, the kid's already like four, so this is great. I, I skipped the terrible twos. Like, yeah, you know, all, oh my God. All that kind of stuff. So The irony, I think, is that, you know, the stuff that you do to get the girl is a lot of what you do to keep the girl. Am I right? Yeah, Absolutely. One thing that you should keep in mind is that a good reason to be authentic through and through to develop your personality, to develop your social communication skills, and just to develop yourself as a person so that when you go up to her, you don't feel like you're putting on an act. It's just you being you. When it's just you being you, then there isn't this abrupt transition where, oh, I got the girl. Great. I can keep her. Now I don't have to try anymore. You know, because right. you are an authentic person and an independent person and what you did to get the girl is everything that is a part of who you are. So there's no acting, there's no changing, there's nothing of that sort of nature. 
One concept that we teach here in the live trading programs is this concept called banter. Everybody has questions on banter. And a lot of times they, the guys think it's, you know, the line, but it's really just an attitude. It's a playful vibe that you have that you give out to the world. And one of the things that myself and, and even you and, and everyone um, that, you know, that has been in a successful relationship notices that humor is a big part of it. You know, having a good sense of humor, keeping things light, fun and playful with her. You know, those are things that you would do to get the girl. So why would you stop doing it when you have the girl? Excellent point. Yeah, I think a lot of guys go, I've won this. I'm good. When can I stop doing this stuff? That shows that people think it's a set of actions rather than a set of mindsets. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. Like you think about, oh, I finally got the girl. Right. And you think that's the hard part. Well, no, like that's when the game just begins. Yeah, exactly. It's like preseason for football. You know, getting the girls is just preseason. The actual part of keeping the girl, that's like the full like professional season. So, you know, you have the girl and assuming that, you know, you guys have slept together and stuff, you can get really sexual with her, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, we don't have to worry about your girlfriend getting offended for real. She yeah. might act offended if it's not in your normal line of, of banter, but you can take it there. She, you know, you don't have to worry about her being like, how dare you? I, we just met. We live together. Yeah. We're yeah, good. I've seen you naked. Like, I can totally feel good about saying this. And the thing is, is you don't want to hold back, you know, especially if you're about to get intimate. Um, one thing that might surprise guys is that girls have a way more detail-oriented, I can't think of the right word, <laughs> yeah. but, but Detail-oriented, it's, it's, oriented on your junk, if that's yeah. what you mean. Well, and scenarios, right? Like, if you guys really want to kind of get into uh, what's kind of going on in the mind of a, of a woman is uh, read uh, My Secret Garden, which is something that we've thrown about uh, loosely on the show and in our programs, but that's a whole compilation of women's sexual fantasies. And if you think you have a dirty mind, I would be willing to bet that your dirty imagination is child's play compared to what's going on upstairs in her head. So what I'm saying is you should feel good about being sexual. In fact, what you think is crossing the line is probably not even close. It's a good book. I learned a lot from that and it kind of helped me uh, when I was doing all this stuff to be comfortable with just being sexual and throwing stuff out there. Through my own experience and with working with guys, guys can get away with a lot more than what they think they can. So uh, you're in a relationship and things are going good. Keep it light, fun, and playful and throw in some sexual banter. Some sexual banter would be a good example that is just like innuendos or sexually charged words. So for example, uh, I have a nice little list here. So list of sexual banter words that you can use. Uh, these are usually descriptor words and so feel free to uh, use them whenever. Uh, one that I like to throw around a lot is girthy. <laughs> so, so everything's girthy. I see what you did there. Yeah. My pen is girthy. My computer's girthy. Uh, other parts of my junk are girthy. Uh, and using uh, innuendo descriptive words, that's a fun one to do. And it's fun, silly and playful. And it's, you know, obviously sexually charged. Similarly, uh, enlarged, right? Large is a good one. Erect. I'm standing erect. Do you notice how erect that building is? It's so immature, but here's the thing. Yeah. I know 40, 50-year-old guys that do this, and it's funny. And if you, you set up this mode inside your relationship. So before you write it off as something that doesn't make sense for you because it's not you, you can set this mode up in your relationship. And if you're not doing that, then maybe that's part of the problem. Not that if you don't have immature banter between you and your wife, you're doomed. But it does. it actually helps. This isn't something we just made up, by the way. No, it helps. Again, it comes down to keeping it fun, playful, and flirty, which is what you did when you first got her. And this will help keep feelings of the relationship fresh. You'll feel that you're more engaged with her, uh, especially if you feel like your relationship's a little stagnant. You know, throwing around some 
playful fun banter is great, especially if you do this early on where you're being playful and using silly innuendos to begin with, right? Then that's just more of a seamless transition. But this is something that you can, you know, interject sparingly and then, you know, start using the words more and more again, you know, setting it up for that. So yeah, these are silly. They are immature, but that's the whole idea of it. You know, everyone takes themselves too seriously. And that's what causes a lot of relationships just to be stagnant. You know, it's just boring. There's nothing going on that's exciting. And that's where relationships just tend to fall apart. So by doing this, you're kind of keep it fun, playful and stupid. Even if you're, uh, you know, consider yourself an older gentleman and, you know, this might seem immature, like you've been doing this like years ago, but it, it works. Or and, never. Yeah. Yeah. Or never. So, yeah, we talked about some of that stuff. Just some other ones for the guys that are interested in hearing some more immature words. Hard. <laughs> inside. I use inside a lot. Like I can't wait to be inside my favorite coffee shop. I can't wait to be inside Las Vegas. Right. I can't wait to be. But you ins- say it with a little bit of a, a smirk. Yeah. It's like a little bit of smirk. Remember, it's all about how this is delivered, right? So if you're texting this stuff, use emoticons or emojis. Uh, if you're in person, you know, say this with a smirk. You know, if you have it in a deadpan expression, like, oh man, that's the difference between it coming across as extremely creepy versus, you know, playful. And like you said, like a, you know, a little sly smirk goes a long ways. <laughs> Some other ones are wet. Oh my God, you're making me all wet. I got this one from Russell Brand. I wish I hadn't worn such tight pants. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Similarly, my pants are getting tight. <laughs> that one's always fun. She's like, uh, oh, hey, I, you know, I made you dinner. You'd be like, oh, man, my pants are getting tight already. Something along those lines. I feel a combination of relaxed and aroused in your company. And, you know, some simple things is like you're making me think uh, naughty thoughts. So that's kind of a list of uh, words that you can use to throw in. How dumb do you feel having just rattled all of that off right now in a row? It's completely out of context. So, yeah, it feels a little weird just like rattle these things out. But it's really fun when you can find ways to interject these words into your conversation. If you want to read something really funny or if you want to get better with your innuendos, there's a really good page on unencyclopedia.com. Just Google innuendos or sexual innuendos and it'll be on the first page. It's unencyclopedia.com and it's I think it's about four paragraphs of innuendos. So every single sentence in this four paragraph is an innuendo. So if you didn't think that was possible, check it out. It's it's a lot of fun and you can get a lot of playful, creative ideas. Excellent. So now that everybody's thoroughly written us off because they hated that segment because they don't understand it yet, or they love us because we talk like they think, what's the next step? I mean, it's not just about bantering and being stupid and silly with your current partner, which, by the way, is you don't just have to have the banter. Being silly, dancing around, singing unashamedly, really yeah. showing that sort of passionate, authentic side of yourself that is actually highly attractive because a lot of times over time people rebuild these weird walls because you grow with each other. You might even live together, but you might sort of build a privacy sphere and you don't let the other person in. If you're in the house dancing and they come home and you stop, you got to think about why you did that. Yeah, exactly. That's really the crutch of it. You know, yeah, it's not about just being sexual. That's just, it's an avenue, right? If you're just fun and having playful and it's about just keeping things fresh and adding that positive energy into the, into the relationship, that's just an avenue to do it. You don't have to, uh, totally get sexual with her. I personally think it's fun, but, uh, if it seems a little too risky, then be more fun and playful with her, dance around, be silly. That's funny you bring that up. Cause like you don't need to be a good dancer. In fact, if you, uh, if you just allow yourself just to dance 
like just for fun and have like a big smile on your face, like you'll send out so many positive vibes and energies. I do this on the dance floor. I'm not a great dancer, but on the dance floor, like, you know, I'll bust out in silly moves. I'll try and dance like Magic Mike. And uh, it's just fun and playful and people really dig it. The energy and vibe you put out there, you tend to get back, right? So if you're putting out these walls, like you mentioned, right? What is she going to do? Sure. So you're going to reciprocate. She's going to start building walls. Yeah, that's a good point. She feels like you're not allowing her into a part of your life and you're walling up and then she's going to probably reciprocate and do the same thing. And then sooner or later, you guys will find yourselves uh, with these invisible walls around each other, you know, wondering why you guys can't connect. That's kind of brilliant. I like it. Now back to the show. So how do we keep the rapport going? We do something in our boot camps and I think we can kind of outline it here because this is brilliant. And honestly, I'll be the first to admit, I probably don't do enough of this. Yeah. So this is something, this is a concept that we go over in our live training programs. This is something that you can use with, you know, making new friends, maintaining relationships, building good rapport and something that you can do in your relationship. The concept we have is called the three A's, which means acknowledge, accept, and appreciate. Now we've talked about this on a podcast. I believe it's the value podcast. And what this basically means is acknowledge, for example, means expressing, you know, gratitude or understanding or interest in what the person is saying so that they feel heard. This is a big one. You know, they talk about communication relationships and everyone's like, oh, yeah, just be a better communicator. But it's kind of like, well, how do you do that? Well, this is a really easy way to do that. It's acknowledge, accept and appreciate. So acknowledging uh, that what somebody said allows them to feel like they're being heard. You know, we talked about walls earlier when you have resentment and you both have resentment. It's hard to hear each other, isn't it? So by acknowledging and expressing interest in what the other person is saying, like, oh, that's really cool or that's a really interesting point would be an example of utilizing that. Then the other person is feeling like they're being heard. That opens the door for communication. It also goes in line with, you know, expressing empathy, which is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes, right? We're all so concerned about what's going on with our own lives. We hardly ever give two seconds to think about where somebody else might be coming from. This is really important in conflict resolution, right? You have to be able to understand where the other person's coming from to be able to understand what's actually going on beyond what's, you know, inside your own head. So acknowledging somebody uh, for where they're coming from, using a little empathy will help you understand where they're coming from and will actually help you become a better communicator. So what this might mean is if you want to understand what it's like to be in someone else's shoes, then simply ask yourself, if it were me and I were in their position and it was that important to me, how would I feel? That's a great way to understand where somebody else is coming from, particularly if there's a problem. And it doesn't have to be in a problem. If, uh, let's say she talked about taking this yoga class that she really likes, and let's just say you don't really like yoga. Yeah, you're all, uh, cool. Yeah, you're like, well, instead of being like, eh, cool, you can kind of explore and see what that's like for her. Because she just did something cool, and the reason why she's telling you is because she thinks it's cool. If you just dismiss it, then she's just like, oh, well. Right, you're rejecting her at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. My, my girlfriend reject- is super good at this stuff. Jenny's so good at this stuff because uh, I'll, I'll be like, blah, 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 nerdy podcast download statistic. And she's like, that's so awesome. Oh my God, you're, that's so great. You've improved a ton. And this is really, it's so much more popular. And I'm always like, sometimes I'm like, thanks for caring about this nerdy stuff that I talk about. She goes, well, you know, I'm your biggest fan. And I'm like, that's awesome. And then I feel bad because she's like, my hula hoop class was so much fun. And I'm like, ah, oh, cool. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Maybe uh, use some acknowledgement there. But yeah, no, I think that's, that that's might totally, be helpful. Yeah. You know, that's a really good example of how how someone can be expressing that acknowledgement that somebody just did something really cool or is doing something really cool. Um, so we'll move on to accept. The other one is accepting, which means accepting the person for who they are, not necessarily what they say, right? So if we want to use the hula hoop example, right? It's accepting the fact that they think it's really cool and that they're really excited about it. Or it's accepting the fact that she just did yoga or just did Pilates or hot yoga or whatever. Uh, so the fact that that's really cool for them uh, may not necessarily be uh, for you, that's okay because what they're doing is they're sharing something that they think is cool. So accepting them for the person that they are, accepting that excitement, that passion that they have for it. By accepting her as a person, you'll also accept the fact that she has, you know, very passionate about something, uh, even though you may not fully agree with it. So yeah, basically you're being supportive and accepting her as a person, accepting what she's passionate about, even if you're not that into it. And that makes her feel good. And of course, feeling good around you is kind of the key point of relationships. People never forget how you made them feel and people are around you and love you in part because of what you do for them. And that's mostly feeling based. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of this relates to adding value. You know, a lot of time, and we spend a lot of time in boot camp adding value into other people's lives. This is a very good way to do that. And then the other one, the last one is appreciate. So appreciate means you're appreciating them sharing some personal information and being vulnerable with you, right? So if somebody tells you, some thoughts or opinions or things like that, they're being vulnerable by expressing that because we don't normally just share our thoughts and opinions with strangers, right? We only do that really when we uh, trust the other person, you know, so we don't feel judged or, and things like that. So, so an example of that would be appreciating the passion that she has. So accepting the fact that she's very passionate about something that's great and then appreciating it, taking the time, uh, kind of like Jenny did, you know, with you, Hey, that's really cool that you've improved a lot with the podcast and that you really love what you do. You know, that's appreciating somebody's passion. And to appreciate somebody, it's really a, one thing that you can do is appreciate their passion or them sharing something. So even if they um, uh, share an opinion about something that, you know, maybe you don't really agree with, you can at least uh, appreciate the fact that they're opening up and having that conversation with you, even though it might be a little hard for them. Excellent. Yeah. So appreciating her passions, taking time to compliment her on things, taking note of those little things borrowing from that previous example, making sure that she feels comfortable being vulnerable with you, which is great for building rapport, but this needs to be done within relationships as well. And when people do that, I mean, you'd be surprised. Every guy's done that thing where they're like, you know, I really like what you did made for dinner. It's like, that goes a long way. So imagine what that would do combined over time. Yeah, and just appreciating the small things. You know, like uh, your girlfriend might buy you like your favorite candy, you know, or might buy you like a shirt or something like that, you know, taking the time to like really appreciate that or appreciate maybe maybe you're the one that does cooking the most and you had a long day and she cooks for you, you know, uh, taking the time just to appreciate the little small things that she does for you will really go a long ways and really add value into your relationship. What about people falling into routines? We sort of touched on this before going out to dinner all the time like oh it's date night and it's just like a tedious thing that you both kind of have to do and then you end up talking about the kids bills kids work stuff like that so one of the things that you can do is is to keep things fresh and and this concept is actually really simple it's just doing new things doing like a new adventure examples of what not to do or what can lead to stagnation might be going to the same restaurant on dinner uh, you know, over and over again, going to the same parts of town, always doing the same run or hike, doing the same things on the weekend, having the same dinner over and over again, and having like frequent Netflix nights. Oftentimes, guys are like, I don't really know what to do, so let's just put on Netflix, um, which is great, except for like, you know, three or four, imagine three or four months of doing that, right? How would you feel in a relationship like that? It would feel a little boring, I would imagine, because the more we do something, 
the more uh, used to it we get and the less stimulus or the less stimuli we get from that activity. So by keeping things fresh and just doing different things helps the relationship not fall into that rut. You know, you can still have the same date night, but maybe you do like a different dinner place or maybe uh, you both cook together or maybe you do a different hike around town, at least for yourself, Jordan, in San Francisco, you know, you guys do bike rides or like mm-hmm. you'll do like little tours or just explore different parts of town because it's, you know, San Francisco's a big city. Uh, simple things like that are great. Or even like taking a class together. You know, like one of the things I like to do, and this is something that all guys can do, is going on like Living Social or Groupon and just seeing what kind of activities are around. For example, there's one that I kind of want to do, which is it's a wine and paint party. So, there's a venue and you pay like, I don't know, 30 or 40 bucks for two people to go to this wine and paint party. And basically it's like an hour of it's like instructional on how to like paint stuff. And then the rest of it's just, you know, painting whatever you want. And so you have a couple of glasses of wine and you walk away with something you guys both made. You know, it could be silly. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's at least it's like a memory or, or a physical memory of something you guys did together. Um, there's also like around here in L.A., there's evening cruises. So you can go out like New Newport, take a boat and like do like an evening cruise where you have like a couple drinks and some appetizers. So there's lots of ideas on like living social and Groupon that you can do that are fun activities. And you don't and it's just something that you can do, you know, a couple times a month or once a month even would would help. Oh, that's a good idea. So basically they kind of do the thinking for you on that one. Yeah. And you just pick and choose and it's really easy to use those. You know, there's other publications too, like Thrillist. It's an online magazine that's pretty much in every big city. There's uh, things like LA Weekly. I know in Seattle, there's a great publication called The Stranger, uh, which publishes just about everything in arts and entertainment and even new like restaurants and things like that. So each city has like its own publication. So it's really easy to find new things to do. I think the challenging part for most guys is you have to like actually spend time to plan this out. <laughs> you know, like you yeah, actually have yeah. to take like, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes thinking about what you could do. I know for me, I usually do that on Sundays thinking about what I want to do for date night. I'm in a relationship. We have a uh, date night uh, every Thursday. So um, I'm always trying to think of like new things that we could do. You know, going to the zoo, one other date I did, that's fine. I don't know if they'll be in, in similar cities, but I saw a jousting event, which was fun. You know, guys on like horseback and an armor and they're like, they're jousting each other. That sounds really wrong, but (laughs) (laughs) hey, man, I live in San Francisco. You're good. (laughs) Kind of just being a tourist, you know. I know in San Francisco, there's a you know, there's a wine country which could be fun to spend a day at. Like Airbnb is a really cheap way to like uh, rent out an apartment, like a furnished apartment. So it's like cheaper than a hotel, and you can do it in cool parts of town. Like in LA, you could do Venice, or you could probably do wine country up there in San Francisco, or just another cool part of your town that you kind of always wanted to go, but didn't really want to spend the money on like right. a hotel room. Sure. That's that, a fun way to do that. Too. I'm going to use a word I hate right now, which is staycation. Yeah. Staycation, I hate yeah. that. I hate that word so much, but that's what that is. And, and it works. I don't know why I hate it. It's just cheesy marketing. It's like a Hallmark <laughs> word, but, it, but those things work. Taking the day off work, playing hooky, getting a nice place that treats you really well, having dinner down there. I mean, you don't have to go far, uh, yeah. especially if you leave town. Great. But you literally don't even have to sometimes. Yeah, you don't have to spend a ton of money either. Just to, it's it's the act of doing something special that counts more than the financial investment. Setting aside a time and making that happen helps keep the relationship fresh. Uh, one thing that I do that I found really helpful, and this is kind of geeky on on my part, but I have like a dates idea spreadsheet, 
and it's on Google Drive. So every time I'm like, oh, that's a really great date idea, I just open up my app on my phone and I just put it into the spreadsheet so that I have it for later. So like when Sunday, I'm kind of like thinking about the week and uh, what I want the week to look like. I have some ideas that I could already go for so that I'm not like spending like so much time thinking about, oh, what can we do? I don't do this, uh, but I know some couples uh, share a calendar so that they can keep track of their schedules. And that's a fun thing that you guys could do, too, is create like a little calendar together to set aside time to hang out, especially if you both are like, you know, working a lot or busy. Sure. Perfect. Excellent, man. Breaking those routines as well. So powerful. So those are some great ways to do that, actually. So the next one I want to talk about is touch and touch to touch on it lightly. See what you did there. Uh, I know. I know. I'll be here all week, guys. Touch is important because it's something that chemically speaking in the brain, it releases oxytocin. When two people are attracted to each other, uh, it releases the love drug or oxytocin, uh, which is part of the reason why we have that honeymoon phase. But you can keep that going by just making sure that you take the time to touch. I know that when relationships are stagnant, at least in my own experience, when they've been stagnant or kind of rocky or maybe there's some resentment, guess what goes out the window, right? Touch. We don't want to touch things that we're kind of mad at, right? So that's important though because if you come from that mindset and you're like, oh, I'm mad, I'm resentful and haven't communicated it, well, first of all, it's time to talk about that in a high-value way. But second of all, you know like when your girlfriend like gives you a hug and you know how good it feels and things like that. Well, it's the same thing for her. Like when you give her a hug or you take the time to just, you know, put an arm around her shoulder or pull her in a little bit around her waist, like that's a really strong move. And and it's something that I think is often overlooked, uh, especially in relationships that have been going on for years, especially when they're in sort of the entrenched stagnant state. So it's important to touch. They did a really cool article. You guys should check it out. It's called The Six Second Hug. Within this article, they talked about how studies have shown that the six second hug is like kind of like the sweet spot. It's not short and brief, which can be kind of dismissive and it's not too long to make it like, you know, awkward, but like six seconds is like the sweet spot to like having a good, like solid hug. And, um, it's fun. You guys should try it out, especially if you're like in a relationship or just started dating, uh, just try it out and see the effects that you get. It's a really like kind of like wonderful thing and it feels really good too. My overall point is just don't forget to touch, you know, hold hands or I like to do that gentlemanly thing, you know, where you stick out your elbow, right? Sure, and she sure. puts her arm through, you know, when you guys are just like walking around, like that's a fun little thing you can do and you can even be playful about it, like stick your pinkies up and be like, oh, hello, hun, let's go over this way and um, talk in an upscale accent. So those are just fun things to do because I think it's something that we kind of often overlooked and it's a really important part of being intimate and, you know, and having a successfully intimate relationship. Yeah. And I think it's a good time to tell guys to like go back and look at the toolboxes we have on banter, go back and look at the toolbox we have on touch because we really get into that stuff and it may may require some study on your part and some vulnerability on your part to get touching going again, especially if you've got like bed death going on you might have to ramp things up. And it may not be, unfortunately, that welcome anymore because if it's been five years and you've been having sex once every quarter, there's something else going on. And it's going to take a lot more than just you trying to reach out and hold hands, but that can also work wonders. It can be a great first step because she might be worried that that's not going to work and that you don't care anymore. And maybe you're just not that kind of guy and you don't think about it. Yeah, exactly. I think you nailed it. You know, if if you're in that position, this may not happen overnight. By you taking the action shows that you're willing to participate more in the relationship. And it shows a certain level of vulnerability on your part. 
you know, it may not work out. And if it causes some sort of conflict, then maybe it's a good time just to talk about some things that are going on. And, and just a real quick note on that. Whenever you talk about, whenever you have like a conflict, it's always important to talk about your feelings. Don't make it about the other person. If you uh, use a lot of you language, it's accusatory. And when it comes to conflict, you have to be able to take responsibility for some of it because it's not all her and it's not all you. But what you have power over is taking responsibility for your own feelings and your own thoughts and things like that without making it about the other person. You know, when they talk about communication, that's a big part of it. Couples that have a lot of resentment tend to just, they have like these, uh, these epic shouting battles where it's, it's their fault and not the other person's fault. The takeaway on that is that it's about coming to the table and talking about what the issue is without blaming the other person. Excellent. Thanks so much, Justin. And guys, you can see more from Justin in our toolbox episodes as well and by coming to the Art of Charm as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks Talk so much. Later. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we enjoyed producing it for you. Keeping things fresh, always key in a relationship. Banter, fun, vulnerability, touch, and rapport are all crucial to the success and health of any relationship, marriage, girlfriend, etc. And of course, breaking those routines that kill things off slowly. You don't even realize it's happening until it's too late sometimes. So hopefully this helped you guys out, and we'll see you next time. Solid show as usual, if I do say so myself. Show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know at jordanh at theartofcharm.com. Bootcamp details, that's our live training at theartofcharm.com. And that's also where you can find links to us on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. If you're listening to this but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher, then that needs to change. Getting our shows delivered free to your phone or computer is the best way to make sure you don't miss anything. You can do that by going to iTunes and searching for the Art of Charm podcast or by going to theartofcharm.com slash iTunes and clicking subscribe. That's it. You guys can also help us if you subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher. Give us a five-star rating and write something nice. We'll love you forever. Just go to iTunes.com slash The Art of Charm and it'll take you right there. When you write us a review, it not only makes us feel proud, but it helps keep us in the ranks so that other people who can use this information can find the show more easily and get the credible advice that they need. It's also the best way to support the show other than purchasing training from us. So tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week, go out there and get social, and leave everything better than you found it. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com.